I am the all-powerful druid wizard. Uh, I need everybody out if I'm going to work. Well, the crowd crit. In their belief? On their their, um, insight. I am trying to help you. Do you want help? Otherwise, I will unleash my unholy, uh, my holy power upon you in a great... Lass, if you're going to be practicing anything, don't do it in the public eye. Kind words of the house of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, we don't, we don't insult in here. So... We in pepper. So, you're awakened animals wandering around in a village. The people are saying that Iris fell sick. I think Uther may have been summoning demons. Let's go talk to the town guard. No, let me go. I need to see Iris. Please, let me go. And the guards start to lead him away. Alright guys, welcome back to part two, episode four of Odd Doggies. Say hi everybody. Hello. Hello. We are all back from our uh, last uh, bathroom break, you know, the really long one that takes about a week. Mm, Does take Mm, a while. That free time we have in between. The large bathrooms, it's easy to fall asleep in the bath. All right. so everybody, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves, starting with the invisible person to the left of me. Hey, I'm Justin, also... Kirk Kent playing Spark. Uh, I'm I'm Ali playing Ari playing uh, Throto Barkins. Hi, I'm Handel. I play Uguin playing Argus. Yeah, he's a fluffy big dog. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> and a good My boy favorite. at that. He's a very good boy. Hi, I'm Quentin. I play uh, Wilson, and uh, Wilson's got his little beagle. Beagle. Uh, bagel. Bagel. He does like bagels, but no. Uh, Wilson has a, his little beagle. His name's Copper. He's a druid barbarian, and uh, the GM really doesn't seem to like this build because apparently it's good. That's she assuming let it a happen. lot. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll knock you down a peg or two. She doesn't like it. We're all gonna die. Hi, guys. I'm Snow. I'm the GM of this series, and I also play Snow in the other podcast, Sword Art Online Odd. And today. I am going to be killing everybody. I'm kidding. No. Yeah, let's go. I mean, the health, it's healthy. Healthy killing. Healthy Stress killing. Stress relief. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, beside the point, that's not the main goal of today's mission. So you guys all um, remember what happened last time? Uther got arrested. Iris is sick. Yeah. Uh, well, the end of the world is inevitable. We're all going to die. Our entire mission's for naught. 
I mean, that's possible, but it's not exactly 100%. It's like maybe 99.2. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. I'm I'm pretty satisfied with that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's still giving us a fighting chance, you know? We got that whole point No, 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 no. I mean the world ending. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen anyways. Just maybe not in our lifetime. It looks like it is, so. Later that evening, the wind picks up. And you hear it howling outside as you are inside of the church with Father Gavin, who is taking care of Iris. You can see that she's in the bed and she appears to be sweating and is very afflicted by this illness. But you can see that the weather, it's turned into a blizzard. And Father Gavin is just leaning over her, dabbing her forehead. And this goes on for a while until about the time where you guys feel like it's time to sleep. There are beds in the infirmary that are available that you may choose to sleep on. There's also the pews out in the hall. There's a fireplace Um, by the kitchen. There is a fireplace in the kitchen. We could sleep next to the fireplace. But it's not lit when you You go in to check. That's fine. So I'm assuming you all just go sleep by the fireplace that Hopper breathes fire on. Yeah, exactly. I use droidcraft and I spit hot fire. (laughs) So the evening passes, but suddenly... In the middle of the night, you hear the sound of bells and you hear whistles and just all this raucous noise of people shouting and you hear a few explosions as well. Oh, uh, I would wake Uh up, run outside and perceive what's going on, if I may. The snow is so blinding. If you roll a perception, you're rolling at disadvantage. What if it's a scent-based perception? It's a disadvantage, which technically wouldn't that make it neutral? Yeah, 20 at disadvantage. I rolled a 15 and then a 17. As Copper runs out, the snow hits him in the face, and it's just a blast of that cold air. You are not in your human form, are you? Nope. Okay, so in dog form, you burst through the front doors, which actually breaks the latch on the door, and you see these shades of figures running through the snow. Uh, You hear the whistles of people charging in a direction looks like the back gate. You see... Uh, blasts of like orangish red light like fire and lightning kind of just spewing out and it goes on for about 10 minutes but this fire the, this uh, explosions and everything start to get further and further away and the whistles also get further and further away because okay, so Uther broke out of prison I mean that's what I was thinking prison well, where break. are you guys uh, so I, I run back inside after being at the front door uh, I... and if everyone isn't awake already I would Bark and wake them up. Uther, Uther broke out of prison, guys. Oh, huh? I had a bad feeling about that. Uther broke out of prison. Man, demons, oh. hates, oh. hates us uh, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, he's, he broke oh. out of prison and ran away. I mean, if you were an innocent man being accused of something you didn't do by a bunch of really ignorant, angry people that like to kill people, what would you do? Uh, stay there because I'm innocent and not at fault. I would run away if I was guilty and didn't want to die. What if you were innocent and didn't want to die? Well, why would I die if I'm innocent? Because people are stupid and ignorant and angry. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Father Gavin also is like some sway in the town and everything, so I felt like it would have been fine. Right, but there's enough evidence that a bunch of angry people aren't going to listen. Uh, guys, what so, do we do? Uh, um, we go find him. In a blizzard? Yeah. We, we, we chase him? Yeah. We, we like chasing things. All right, so we're going to go chase through there in the blizzard. As you guys begin to run out into the snow, you are all hit by that blast of cold air and your vision is so clouded that you can barely see 10 feet in front of you. You can see maybe like shadows in the in the distance and you hear those explosions, but they, they sound like they're really far away at this point. And as you get ready to take off, Father Gavin 
runs out. What is going? Oh, the door. He rushes out of the building. He says, come back inside. It's too... Uther broke out of prison. He pauses and he looks at you. We'll have to let the guards handle it. Come inside now. They clearly can't handle it. He broke out of prison with magic. Well, he can only have so many spells. A day. Right. There are probably plenty of guards. There's probably plenty of magic that can deal with them and or help him get away. Brodo, come back inside. It is cold out and it, it, I'm going to get frostbite out here. Okay. Uh, I mean, as long as you're confident in them, I mean, I don't really know the town guard that well. We so. also don't know Uther very well. Yeah, I mean, he could suck at his job. He didn't do very well in combat, so. All of you can roll your perceptions. What if the priest was helping him escape? Oh. Well, Snow, I got a, a 13 on my perception. Okay. I got an 8. Ooh, <laughs> wild. <laughs> I rolled a 17. Wow, two. Nice. Throto and Spark, you see that as Father Gavin is closing the door behind you all as you are coming back into the church, he is looking out past the blizzard. Like, he's trying to search for something, and you see that he has this focus in his eyes. But then he closes the door, and he turns back to you all and smiles. Well, don't mind it now. We need to rest. Luxeria's on its way. I might have to be heading out soon, but he kind of just pauses and looks at you all. You all go and rest now. I'll join you all in the morning for breakfast. And he walks back to the area where the infirmary is. No, I follow him. I want to hug him. You're a dog. Dog hug. Nuzzle him. Okay. So you trot alongside of him as he is walking to the back. He looks down at you and smiles like with like a half smile that looks very pained, but he smiles nonetheless. He says, good girl. And he pets you. Uh, he has to lean down, stops in his tracks and he pets you. And then he stands back up and walks back into the fir- infirmary where you continue to follow him and stay with him for the rest of the evening. The rest of you, I'm assuming, go back to, to the fire. The fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm, fire. You all three dudes in a fire. Let's go. So you all doggy pile again, I'm assuming. <clears throat> of course. Gotta keep warm. Who's on top? Uh I think I'm the smallest technically. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm using Argus as a pillow, most likely. Okay. So you all doggy pile in front of the fireplace and you sleep through the night. You wake up the next morning feeling very well rested, despite having woken up in the middle of the night. Everything is a lot brighter. As you look out the window and you can see that the snow has piled up a good three feet. It's very deep. That's a lot of snow. It is a lot of snow. You also see that a lot of the villagers are outside digging with uh, their shovels and shoveling out some snow from around different wagons and carriages. And you see that people are starting to pack up wagons with many different like foods and furs and all kinds of things. Hey, hey guys, the snow's so tall. We could dig a secret tunnel. Underneath the entire town. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. Through the mountain. Oh, it's more like through the snow fields. Through the snow fields. Secret, secret, secret dog tunnel. tunnel. So you guys spend the day, you you go outside and you spend the day digging dog tunnels? Is that what's going on? (laughs) I mean, if I I don't have anything better to do, I guess. Wait, where am I? Are we all together now? Yes, you come back out. Father Gavin prepares a, he makes porridge. And he also provides you with some snowberry juice. Father Gavin, after he prepares the breakfast, he cleans up and he immediately goes back into the infirmary. And he says, my children, if you would like, spend the day outside, have fun, play, do what you need to do. I'm going to have to focus my time on taking care of Iris for the evening and day. Can we help at all? You may help if you wish, but I don't know how you're going to help too much without having. And he waves his thumbs around. 
Hey, I, I find that very prejudiced. I find that thumbest. You don't have thumbs. It doesn't <laughs> matter how you feel about it. See, that's the thumbest I was talking about. Yeah, I'm one of those non-thumbed people that is very thumbest. He laughs and he says, well, if you want to help, that's fine. You can come on back with me to the infirmary and we can take care of Iris. Is there anything like chores or anything that normally they do that since they ran away and or sick that we could assist with? Uther has been taking care of some of the village's children while their parents prepare for Luxuria. Oh we could gosh. totally do that. We can dog sit. We love or children. We can go search. That are human. Right, but we're we're sitting on them and we're dogs. Um, Is that how that works? Yes. N- no, Copper, uh, that's not how that works at all. Uh, so uh, let me just explain something. We sit on them. You ensure and make the sure children. They do not leave while the parents are busy. Wait, wait, if you don't sit, why is it called sitting? He pauses and he looks really thoughtful as you say that. Technically, it has that. Yes and no. There we go. All right. So you typically, when you're watching children, you're making sure they're not getting into trouble and you're making sure they're safe and they eat. He only does it for a few hours at a time. If you want to do that, I don't know how well the families are going to um, accept people they've never seen before taking care of their children since you are new in town. So perhaps maybe he pauses. Maybe you could help me clean up around the church. Uh, I have some dusting I need done and uh, airing out of the draperies and preparing some things that we're going to be taking along with us when we go down to the Morning Stones. Wait, when are we doing that again? We noticed people with their carts and they look like they might be leaving now. Well, they're getting ready for, I'd assume, tomorrow. I, tomorrow. Okay. We leave for the Morning Stones tomorrow. It'll is, be about a three-day journey. Is there anything that we need to gather beforehand or anything like we can do to help for the preparations? I, you can help in that way just by going around helping me clean up around the church. He pauses and he says, although I don't know what we're going to do with Iris for now. He look, Again, look, that look on his face comes back and he looks kind of um, down. Is it downtrodden? Downtrodden. I wiggle and I, I nudge him and I'm like, be happy. Good girl. <laughs> he says, thank you. For now, I would like it if you would just clean up around the church and maybe see if you can gather some Go into the wares that are right outside of the infirmary and gather some things that will be taken along, like food and blankets. Okay. You going to do that? I would try and get that done as soon as possible so we could make a dog maze. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> we can make doggy forts. So using your snouts and your boople snoots and your bleps and everything along that line. Boople snoops. Yes, your boople snoops. <laughs> boople snoops. Using your little boople snoot and your paws and everything else that you can manage as dogs. You pull out different foods from the pantry. You pull down blankets and some of them unfur- like unfurl as you do so. So you have to re-roll them with your noses and you all work hard as you can as cute little doggies to put all this together and you bring it up to the front. You do have to occasionally dodge out of the way as somebody comes into the church looking for Father Gavin and offers donations. So you guys spend the day digging tunnels and partway through the day, you see Father Gavin kind of walking around inside and he is picking up the things that you guys gathered and he starts coming out and putting them on a cart uh, that some of the villagers have brought up after they dug out the tunnels. They see you guys and you get pets from a lot of the people who are very confused about where you came from, but nonetheless, they're very happy that there are some cute dogs. Uh, so you're getting pet a lot uh, and you also get pulled on by some children who kind of run over. Uh, or I guess a few of them try to mount you and ride you like a steed, <laughs> as a noble steed. I, I, I will oblige. Can I roll dexterity <laughs> to make a 
ball of snow. Sure. That's 17. Okay. I wish to pee on it. And I wish <laughs> to roll it over to one of the children. That's terrible. <laughs> Lemon snow cones, anyone? I, I bark at him. Wilson. I start barking horribly. Snooku. Like my ears are flat and I'm barking and barking and I'm angry. And the kids look at you and they think that you're barking at them. <laughs> no. And they get scared and they run away. Perfect. No. Baby, come back. <laughs> what was that? Where are the children? They're running away. I like kids. I couldn't hear it, Wilson. Oh, it was fine. like terribly like... No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. No, it's fine. Did you say baby come back? <laughs> Blame it all on me. <laughs> it is your fault. No, it's not. It's you bark. You scared them off. I was trying to you give them something. You were trying to give them something. That's for sure. <laughs> you guys exhaust yourselves by the end of the day. And as you go back inside, you find the warmest and most comfortable spot that you can. By the fire. By the by a human. By the fire. And you go, I guess, again, with Father Gavin in the back and Iris. And you all just pass out. You're just out. After two tension-filled days and the disappearance of this atrocious half-orc, not knowing whether death would pay a visit to Karn or if the hopes and prayers of the villagers would find a miraculous conclusion... An answer was finally given. What? Iris revived. <gasps> and just as quickly as she was back on her feet, she was treating the sick. Those who had been afflicted for far longer than she was found themselves the recipients of Iris's remedy with the flowers that you guys had gathered for her. It had them back on their feet within the day. Magic. I call witchcraft. She's evil. See, like, you'd want to be led to the belief that the reason it happened is because he's gone. But that just seems way too... It's too easy. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe. maybe. Just well, maybe. we did kill the demons. He's been we set up. The right. We did kill the dream eaters, so that might have been helping. But would there not be more? But who summoned them in the first place? And there was a really suspicious thing in his room, but it could have been planted. Mm, I don't know. Could have been planted. He is known to be out of the area for a specific amount of time, and they know exactly where he is. It wouldn't be that difficult. And it is mm. under his bed. I mean, who just clearly doesn't look there. His room was messy, right? Right. And if you're trying to hide something, why would you put it under your own bed? Exactly. That's just weird. Are, are you, are, are a Wilson, are you, are you, are, is your discussion <laughs> over? Are you There's good? mystery. <laughs> All right, you, you, you go. You, 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 go ahead. On Iris's recommendation, those who had been sick would remain behind with their families, at least those who had been on their deathbeds, would stay behind with their families to ensure full recovery. As the villagers get ready to set out, Father Gavin comes up to you and he says, Well, looks like we're going to be heading out this morning and I'm assuming you're coming along with us because I know you wanted to go, at least based upon what you had said to me before. Uh, is Iris going? Aye, she's going. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, no reason not to go then, I guess. You could probably use some of the extra help. You're a couple hands down. I, we don't have thumbs, but we've got paws for or assistance. Hands. We've got paws. And, and mouths. And mouths. They grab things. Well, like I said, be careful what you tell people and what you show them, okay? Okay? So like... Okay, Allie? Are you like, okay? Like, I'm don't fine, I'm fine. just transform into a human and dog? And then, yeah. like, say the you're time. a wizard, paladin, mm -hmm. druid, witch? I'm not... You were gonna kill me? I'm not saying anything. Never said I was a witch. I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone. I'm just saying, try and be more careful with what you do in front <laughs> of the villagers. <laughs> He smiles, like, and he looks at Throdo and just the biggest smile on his face, like he's getting ready to pet you and everything, like, and she cowers. 
But as you guys are getting ready to get on the carts, you are approached by several people and you are offered uh, the opportunity to, as you are going along, to actually earn some money. Money? They say, excuse us, um, we see that you are coming along with us and, well, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of space to carry um, new people, for example, uh, saying yourselves, uh, but... We do need some assistance, and if you would offer your assistance to us, we would be happy to provide you with a ride to the Morning Stones for Luxuria. Can we not walk? I, I thought we could have walked, but I mean... Well, it's a three-day journey. <laughs> and three feet of snow. <laughs> I, I, I might know a sled dog. <laughs> I also might be able to find a sled could somewhere. <laughs> Think, well, uh, what, what do you What do you want us to do? You were told like what the compensation would be for each role. To be a forager, you would get three silver pieces a day, but you would also get to keep some of the things that you gathered. Okay. If you worked as a guard on first shift, you would walk alongside the carriages during your travel during the day and you would be keeping watch. You wouldn't have a lot of opportunity um, to really talk with anybody, but you would get five silver pieces per day. But if you worked as a guard on the second shift, you would stand guard throughout the night and keep watch. You would have almost no opportunity to talk to anybody, but you would get seven silver pieces per day. And acting as a caretaker, you would provide care for the children while the adults would set up their camps, prep their meals and whatnot. And you would get four silver pieces a day. Whoever has the highest perception maybe should do the foraging. Uh, it also has to do with survival. Since a direction. I have both perception and survival, <laughs> so I was planning on doing that. I was also kind of raised by a druid in the woods, and we kind of foraged for a living. Make so. sure you save something for the um, father, Father Gavin, because we have to take care of them, too. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like a communal food source. Is it? Yes, we, oh, we gather okay. all of the ingredients for the day. While we do bring food with us, we normally save most of that for Luxuria. All right. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll forage. I'm okay. good at that. I'll watch the kids. Okay. I will be a guard in the night. I'll, I'll also be a guard. The first shifts or second shift, because you can work the same shift as Argus, which is second um, shift. Uh, I'll do, I'll try, I'll do the first shift. So you all agree to work, and over the next three days, you will be making rolls for me. Wilson, I'm going to have you roll for copper for the first day. You are going to roll your survival. 14 on survival. With the group that you are traveling with into the forest, as you guys ride out, they begin their journey. Uh, they split off from the main caravan initially for about an hour, and you guys are gathering some herbs. You gather 13 snowberries, and you come across a large silver tree, and it smells like an ironwood tree. As you sniff around, you see that there are small saplings on the ground that look like they've fallen from this tree and are, have begun to sprout in the snow. Due to the recent high wind velocity and blizzard, are there any branches on the ground or are all of the sticks in the trees? <laughs> the sticks are in the trees, obviously. Where else would sticks be? On the ground? What is that? Buried under snow? To perceive. Um, yeah, I want to spend some time trying to see if I can find any like decent sized but good big stick uh, the 20 perception. Through the snow, you see some small branches like poking up, but you can barely, you barely notice them, but you catch them uh, out of the corner of your eyes. You walk by and you see this small piece of a branch sticking up out of the snow. Pull on it. As you pull on it, you find that it is very heavy. Well, it, it is ironwood. I would, I would assume so. I, 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 pretty strong, though. Can I pull it up? Can I dig the snow out from around it to make it less enlarged? Sure. 
you do so and you find that the tree branch that you have found is very large. What is known to be able to break and or cut ironwood? An axe, teeth. Oh, well, I thought iron would be like a really strong wood, so I didn't know if I could like chew through it or not. Roll your knowledge nature, roll your nature check. So 16. You know that the value of the ironwood it doesn't really just come from the tree itself. Yes, it's a very hard wood and it makes very beautiful uh, silver colored uh, uh, tables and chairs that last for almost a lifetime. But you know that the seeds of the tree are actually more valuable because if they're prepared properly, they can actually be used to increase somebody's size. Bigger artist. <laughs> big, big dog. Big, big bear. Big, dog. Big, big bear. Uh, wait, so you said there are saplings on the ground. Are there any seeds that I could find? You'd have to dig. I want to dig. I'll take the rest of the day. You manage to gather one. Dig, dig, dig. One for an entire day? Can I- You have to dig through three feet of snow. Right. And then you got to dig through frozen earth. Okay. Can't really be out for the most of the day because they come looking for you. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, when they come looking for me, I tell them about the branch that I found. I, I, I request to have a chunk of it. I want to stick about yay big. Okay. They're like, okay, sure. And somebody My- takes an axe and they cut it. Yes. And you're handed the stick. Yes. It is very heavy. That's my new weapon. Okay. So you get your pay for the day. You get your uh, three silver pieces and you are allowed to keep your branch. I found this. I know they are useful. Is oh. there anyone that could prepare it? Yes. Um, she says it would be a, probably about eight silver pieces for it altogether. Okay. That's fine. She tells you where to go to the herbalist. You go there. I, I pay You give her, her the money. Yeah. She prepares it. All right. Moving Ooh. on from you. Spark, for your first shift, you are going to roll your perception. You can use your scent-based perception or your vision perception if you would like. I use my scent-based. Okay, so you rolled advantage. I rolled a 19. Wonderful. You are actually outside of Father Gavin's carriage because that's where they placed you. You are keeping your eyes trained on the fields around you. You see that there are a number of wild animals that are, or actually you smell a number of wild animals that are nearby. Uh, none of them smell to be anything that would be aggressive or dangerous for the caravan. You continue to keep your eyes peeled, but you do not see anything for the day. Is he just like sitting there like... In the open, or I don't know if he's, like, covered, or... He is inside of, like, a carriage that has, like, this... Uh, cover- it's a covered carriage, and he's looking out the window. Uh, he makes eye contact with you and smiles a little bit. Uh, I wave at I wave at him. Okay, you wave at him. He waves back. Hey, Father Godman. Hey there, Spark. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just uh, being a guard. Uh, what, so what exactly are we doing out in the morning stones? Give me, give me the lowdown. Ah, so this would be your first time going, I see. Well... When we go to the Morning Stones for Luxuria, it is a celebration of life and of death, where we typically we bring gifts for those who have passed, our loved ones that we've lost over the years, and we remember them, and we give thanks for everything that we have. And then there's some celebration and partying afterwards. Oh, I like parties. Aye, as do I, but don't tell Iris that. He smiles and laughs a little bit. I laugh in his direction. You actually do see that Iris is not in the carriage that he is riding in. Uh, I I thought uh, Iris was coming along. Is she in another carriage? I, uh, some of the children uh, requested that she ride with them. A lot of them are brokenhearted that, um, he looks his face downcast again, that uh, Uther is no longer here with us. I sure hope we find him. He looks at you and he half smiles. Aye, I do too. Oh, it's very... Very upsetting. 
for everybody. Uh, yes. But uh, if we have any adversaries, we will we'll face them. We like we always do. <laughs> so your day, if the rest of your day goes without any incident, and then we move where the camp breaks for most of the evening. Actually, we'll have uh, Throto is going to. Is there handle animal? <laughs> handle animal for children. Handle children. Oh uh, God! Uh, is it the children I scared? Animal handling. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's let's do it this Is way. It like Since human dog, handling. Yeah, we'll call it human handle. Okay, human handling. Roll your human handling. Yeah. Roll your human handle. Sounds really bad. <laughs> Ten in total. You do end up in the carriage with the children that you had scared off. However, you are in your human form, and they don't recognize you. A lot of the kids are actually well behaved, and you don't have to do too much with them to keep them in line, except for. One of the children who keeps trying to climb out the back of the carriage as you are riding along. Child, do that again. You'll fall out and die. Roll intimidation. We're going at such high speeds right now. <laughs> Ori is great with kids. What a great maternal figure. Falling would almost certainly be fatal. Maybe Throto should 19. Be- I'm great with... Mommy! <laughs> this kid Cry and you'll die. God! All the water in your body will leak out of your eyes and you'll get dehydrated. The other children start to back away from you and they're all starting to cry really loud. So loud. You're going to drown in an ocean of tears. Dang it. So loud, in fact, that the carriage actually pulls off to the side and some of the parents come and they look at you and they're like, um, madam. They were trying to climb out and they were going to die. I don't know what's going on. They're all crying and they won't stop. So this is going to be like a really funny and great scene change because from the moment that Throto finds herself sitting in the carriage uh, with the children, she is suddenly sitting in the carriage with Father Gavin. It's like a flip of the scene. You scared the children, eh? Well, I think I said something earlier and I can't quite place my memory on what it would be. Um, Was it something along the lines of don't do anything that... (laughs) That would rile up the villagers for the most part. I think they were the kids. They're children. They're scary. They're evil pack creatures. They're, they're, they don't <laughs> listen. They, they try to jump out of buildings and then they all just start crying and they won't stop. Right. Their parents are worse. I think maybe you should just ride with me in the carriage for now. All right. We yeah. had a good we had a good time together when we were just taking care of Iris. Maybe this will be for the best for you. Don't let those kids get me. Okay. Okay. So, Spark, you get paid your wages for the day uh, as the caravan pulls to the side. Does you R. get your five silver pieces. Yay. R.A. does not get paid for the day, and they ask her not to come back. <laughs> 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 so R.A. is stuck riding in the carriage for the rest of the trip. Then to Argus. Argus, please roll your perception. I'm going to smell. All right, smell. so you sniff. Well, I do have an advantage, but I just nat crit, so. <laughs> I think we're just going to take that one. Yep. You do not smell anything for miles. You don't smell any dangerous things. You don't smell any other people. The roads seem to be clear, and you actually catch the scent of something really good cooking. Mm. Mm. Makes right. your mouth water a little bit. But the evening goes without incident. You get your seven silver pieces for the day. You get the this <laughs> this evening was good. Lone wolf, the out lone to wolf. protect. <laughs> wolf, wolf. <laughs> All right. So the next morning, uh, Copper, roll your survival. 16 on my survival. Okay. All right. So you go around and you easily gather enough firewood for the day. You get about five bundles and you are allowed to keep one of them. You catch a white hare that was just sitting in some brush 
chewing on the branches. I cry a little and I say sorry to the rabbit. Spark, roll your perception for the day. I rolled a 14. You are actually uh, nearby some of the goods wagons that are at the back of the caravan. And you catch the scent of somebody who is behind you, but it wasn't there before. And as you wheel around, you actually see that somebody is trying to uh, take something from the wagon. Hey, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, the person looks at you and they quickly pull their hand out and you see they're pulling out something and they start to run away. I chase. So you dash and you manage to catch this person within the blink of a second. Not a blink of an eye, the blink of a second. <laughs> hey, put that back. What is that? <laughs> you you grab them by their pant leg with your jaw. You make them tumble, but to them it looks like you grab them with their hand and like dove forward and they fall over. And you can see it's one of the younger kids and they're just like face planted in the snow. Just like, I just wanted something to eat. But you recall on your list that no nobody is supposed to be taking anything from the wagons that are intended for Luxuria. This is Luxuria stuff. You will get your food from the scavengers. Fine. The kid gets up, sticks his tongue out at you, and... I stick out my tongue back. He blips. <laughs> he blips. And then the kid runs off back to the carriage where he was supposed to be. <laughs> Copper, you get paid your wages for the day. Uh, Spark, you get paid your wages for the day. All right, Argus, roll your perception. They take break for the evening. 13. You see a small child sneak out of one of the tents that he was staying in, and he starts to make his way to the storage of the caravan. Same kid. I, I will prowl child. behind him. You'll prowl around him? Yeah. All right. Stealthily, you sneak up on him, and you watch him as he looks around, very wary, <laughs> and then he goes up to one of the wagons that's covered by a canvas, by canvas. And you see he starts to take some of the rope and pull it off. And he opens it up and he climbs inside. And then he comes back out a moment later and he just sits on the edge and starts to eat an apple. Is it that loud? <laughs> well, he tries to make it quiet, but you hear like that distinctive crunch down into the apple. Do you just let him do it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, don't. It's literally your job to not... You know that you have been instructed, like your main instruction is to not let anybody into the uh, storage or the goods that are meant for Luxuria. So he just sits there and he, he munches on the apple until he gets all the way down to the core and he throws it into the forest and then he hops down, pulls the cover of the canvas back down and tightens it. And he starts to sneak back by crawling underneath of the wagon this time. I'll, I'll just walk alongside him. <laughs> So you are being very sneaky about this. You, as a dog, have very light footsteps as you're walking through and barely make any sound. And he gets up and he goes back to his tent, looks around really warily. And you can see the light in his tent ha has been out. Like most of the lights in the tents are out. And he opens up the flap and he starts to go back in. And he goes right. back in yep. and he goes to sleep, I guess. Apparently. All right. Argus, you get paid. Nice. <laughs> nice. And no one was none the wiser. <laughs> All right. Next morning. Last morning. That neck crit. All right. You get plenty of firewood that would last you guys until the next day. You're actually the most adept at fetching firewood. Of course I am. Mm-hmm. Born and it's my, raised. It's my specialty. You also hear a number of birds in the trees are chittering around. The and chittering. The chittering of birds are chittering and hopping from branch to branch near this stream. And you have found water. Oh, 
Guys, I found water. 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 It's cold. It's cold water, but it's very refreshing. I drink some. You drink some. I'm one with nature. You get paid for the day. <laughs> Amazing. And then, Spark, it is your turn. Please roll your perception. I rolled a 10. Nice. Spark, as you are walking alongside, you're actually towards the rear of the caravan again. And somebody who was walking up front, you see that they drop a small pouch. Oh, you dropped a pouch. They do not hear you as they are running far ahead. I'll, I'll pick up the pouch. Okay. You pick it up uh, with your mouth and you feel that it has a very solid weight to it. And you hear the jingle of coins. Oh, this is heavy. Can I try to catch up sure. with them? Hey, hey, you, you dropped oh, something. And he turns to you. It's a older gentleman with a shaggy like beard with a single white streak down the center. And he has some very raggedy gray hair uh, on his head. And he looks at you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And he reaches his hand out and he takes it from you. And as he takes it from you, he opens up the pouch and he pulls out a gold coin and he hands it to you. He says, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate it. Have a blessed Luxuria. Hey, I got a gold Yay. piece. Yay. You get paid for the day. So that just literally two days worth of wages. You did a good deed. Yay. You- I'm a good dog. Throto. I have a boot. What? <laughs> <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? To give uh, to the grave. Oh, I was about to say, what about the boot? Well, it, it's not <laughs> what are like you a talking a boot. It's a really good quality boot, and it has lots of sentimental value. So, hi. That would, would make a good gift. Okay, Argus. Last right. roll of the Ooh. night. Sniff. Twenty-two. All right. As you are sitting by the small fire that you made for the evening along with another guard who actually just clonked out after like the first <laughs> hour. <laughs> Crap guard. They're just regular villagers at this point. They're not made to do this. You catch the scent of a familiar, oh, familiar. small form. I will go to a familiar small you form. You hear the flap of the tent flap no, open. No, 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 no. <laughs> I go no, up behind and he, You go up behind him and he's, he's like sneaking. And I, do, I, do, do, I do, say, do. let's not push our luck. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I was going to the bathroom. Yes. Yeah, I recommend not going to the bathroom on our food. <laughs> <laughs> Who would go to the bathroom on food? Ew, well, that's disgusting. Yeah, look around <laughs> you. You're going to wake up mom and dad. Oh, this is a child. I thought it was an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this whole time it's been a child. Right, I, it just sounds like an old lady. I think it sounds like a child. Am I wrong? So, no, no. At least delusional. You're going to wake up, Mom and Dad. I really was going to the bathroom. And he, it's a little boy. And he's like swinging his arms back and forth, like trying to be like innocent and cute. Well, not tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> no going to the bathroom tonight. Not here, at least. Um, He pees his pants as he stands there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And he starts crying really loud, that which is wakes the- up half the camp. Wait, wait, wait. Was he just trying to leave his tent? Yeah. This was not clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts crying. Run away. Run, run far away. They'll never believe a delusional child. <laughs> Who peed himself. Just gaslight him. Mommy. Turn to a dog. They'll never know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> this dog made me pee myself. He'll sound stupid. So he runs back inside the tent and his parents come I just out. run. I return to my post. So you walk back over to your post and you just kind of sit back down by the fire. Excuse me, sir. Yes. What did you do to our child? Uh, he was trying to steal food. They look at him. No, I wasn't. I had to go to the bathroom. Well, sir, 
If he was trying to steal food, then why did he pee himself? Uh, I don't know. He's scared. (laughs) I don't understand children. (laughs) So you guys are like, they're arguing with you about like, why would you stop a child from trying to go to the bathroom? And if you were worried about him trying to steal something, then why wouldn't you just go with him to the bathroom, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. All that kind of stuff. That's wild. I don't want to watch a child pee. That's weird. (laughs) You get three silver pieces taken from your pay. (gasps) You get paid five. I mean, four. four. I did math wrong. As you guys approach your destination, it is early morning. And through a sea of tents that you see in a field as you come through the forest, you see three ebony stones sitting in the center of a valley that is encompassed by a line of trees at the back. And as you get closer, you can see that the stones sit in an arc and they are on top of three-tier dais. And while they vary in like their shapes, they're all more than eight feet tall. The tallest barely breaches over the tree line. But as you guys get closer, you see that this the tents are occupied. There's lots of people there already. And it looks like people from Brienne and Nuspera have already arrived and have been there for a few days. Oh my gosh. We could find other magic users who are late. Uh, probably. Oh, well, the Gravin, are we late? It looks like everyone left out a day earlier. Probably somebody was doing a better job at predicting the storms. And he looks back at somebody who's in the back of the uh, caravan because his carriage is towards the front. Somebody didn't predict the storms very well. Well, that's no matter. Nuspira is a bit closer, so they don't take as long to get here. Brienne, they usually leave a little earlier, so I don't think we're too late. Oh, okay. So your caravan goes and finds an open spot in the field and they all begin to set up their uh, tents and whatnot, which takes most of the morning. As that early morning passes, you see that actually, or you see some elves that are from Brienne kind of just walking around observing the area. Can I see him? Can I find him? I'm I'm trying to find the elf. The elf? The elf. You can roll your perception. I'm smelling for him. Just just clarifying. Okay. 18. There are so many scents in the air, you can barely catch a single one and focus on it. And you can't really seem to discern one from the other at this point. Okay. Father Gavin is actually with Iris right now, and it looks like they're getting prepared for something. Uh, I would ask if the father needs any help preparing anything. Uh, Father Gavin looks at you, and he says, "Um, Actually, if you wouldn't mind, could you go to... Uh, one of the storage wagons and grab some of our vestments. Oh, 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 clothes. Okay, yeah, those things people wear. Uh, you sure? I walk up to the carriage. I am here to wear the cloth in which covers people's bodies. Spark is there, and that's who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I need to specify so he would understand. I'm here to grab the cloth that covers people's bodies for the priesty man. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, it's right in this wagon, I, I think. <laughs> we think? We don't know? Do we, do we, do I, we... I, I just guard the thing. I don't know where it is. We haven't looked inside? There is <laughs> a piece of parchment that is hanging on the side that looks like it's like on a type of clipboard. Can anyone read this? <laughs> can I read? I don't know if we've ever specified if I can read. I don't think we can read. We're dogs. You apparently can't spell, so I don't think we can read. Yeah, I don't think you can unlikely. read either. You can just talk. Does it have a picture? Is there a pictograph on it? It's a picture book. Oh my gosh, can we get a picture book? Yes, there are little symbols next to it because not everybody in the village is educated. Okay, I analyze the pictures. All right, so as you look through the items 
you see that there are images of foods on there. But you also see that that's on the cart that you're next to. But as you go over to the one that's like next to it on the other side, you see that there is a picture of cloth and clothing and like furs. Ooh, ooh, that one. I, I think it's in there. I think, I think, I think it's in one. there. Okay. All right. Spark, uh, technically being the only one who is permitted at this moment to open the Well, he can open caravan. it and go in. Can I open it without thumbs? Yes, somebody made it dog friendly. You can easily just pull on Yay. the knot and it comes loose. I pull on it with my mouth, then open it. The canvas flap is pulled back and you catch the scent of these furs. I want to grab the most flamboyant clothing I can find. If there's anything hot pink in there, I want it. <laughs> so, no, there is nothing that is that flamboyant. You see a lot of neutral color. Anything girly? Clothing. Dresses? Yes, there are dresses. I grab them dresses. How many do you grab? They're like three dresses. All right, you grab three dresses and you're dragging them on the ground. No, 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 no. You, you don't understand. I had to hold it with my he- my face to make it look like I was hold- like slinging them over my shoulder with my hand. They're still kind of dragging on the ground as you walk, even if though your hand looks like it's holding them. Like you're roughly holding these dresses with your hand and squeezing them. And it's like causing wrinkles. The tail end of the dresses are just dragging on the ground because your fine. character is not that tall. No, he's not. And you go up to Father Gavin. I got you close. Oh, no. Um, co- here here co- you go. Copper, no, th- those are not the right. These are the cloths that cover human I, skin. I, 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 I look over and I'm like, oh, <laughs> can I have one? He looks at you. He looks at Iris. I, if it fits. <laughs> okay. I think you, I grabbed one just... for you. I made sure it would fit your size. Um. I spent a lot of time looking for the prettiest thing I could find for you. Um, Copper, that... Oh, dear. Me and Spark tried really hard. Um, Iris, do me a favor, my dear. Please, go and um, turn these dresses and show him what the right outfits are, please. And she says, all right, Father Gavin, come along, Copper. I need to show you what these are supposed to look like. Come along. Uh, Okay, sure. And she walks with you. Father Gavin looks at you all. Spark, really quick. Would Spark stay with Father Gavin or would he go back with Copper? Um, I probably would have stayed at the carriages, right? Yeah, because isn't he on shift right now? Summer he should duty. be ending shift soon. But it's not over yet. He should he's be He's still ending. guarding. Okay, so he's being a good boy and he's staying good guarding. Good boy. Okay. Well, technically- I got you, paid for being a good boy. Yeah, but you're not going to get paid for today. <gasps> oh, no. You don't have to. Basically, you're, you were only supposed to guard the caravan- for the days that you were traveling and your travel is over. They're breaking down the caravan uh, and they are setting up for Luxuria. So you are actually relieved of your duty. Okay, I can go. As you are walking back to everybody else, Copper walks by with Iris. Who's Ooh, I go with Copper. All right, you, tur- you, you stop in your tracks and you turn around and you immediately start following after them. What are you guys doing? What are you doing? Oh, um, we're changing out the dresses. Gavin these are didn't dresses. Like my pretty clothes. Copper, these are dresses. Yeah. I don't understand how this isn't clear yet. Yeah. They look very pretty, they're don't they? They're for women. It, it's the, the cloth you put on over skin. Copper, they're for women. And he she just looks at you two and sighs. Oh dear. <laughs> Spark helped me pick them out. We thought it were a good I idea. I swear to God, in her head she's thinking they definitely have the sickness air quotes around that upon them. <laughs> They're a bit touched. They're touched. They're a bit touched in the head. So she takes you guys and she shows you what vestments that she that Father Gavin was asking for. You bring these back? Yep. Boom, bada bing, bada bang. 
So uh, as he as they're doing that, Throdo and Argus are with Father Gavin. Come along with me. Iris knows where to go. As you guys look forward and you are looking at Father Gavin, you catch that he's kind of just in deep thought. He's just looking ahead and not really paying attention to anything. And he actually almost walks into a cart that's moving by. Somebody's pulling. Um, and he stops. He says, oh, oh, dear. And he looks at you both. Like he almost got trampled? No, he almost just like walks into it, not really paying attention. It's walking by, like this person's dragging it along through some of the snow. And you actually do notice that a lot of the snow in the area is melted. And also, as you guys get closer to the stones, you see that the area, there, there's like no snow there. It's green and it looks like it's in the middle of spring. Only there? Just around the stones. Okay. Father Gavin, like I said, was looks at you both and he says, Do you think... Do you really think that Uther did that? No. I have no idea. Why not, Throdo? I have no idea. I just don't think he did it. He's a kid. Also, I find it weird that he hid it under his bed. And also, I don't think he would do anything to hurt Iris. That seems out of character, so... Aye, I thought the same thing. There's no reason that he should have done that. And, I mean, they did show up about four years ago, both of them, but... Just because an illness shows up not too long after, it just—it doesn't mean that it's caused by one of them. It doesn't mean anything like that. Right, and it, going it could just away. be coincidence. Right. Exactly. So why is it that I don't feel that it's right? Wait, what's right? That all the evidence that we found, or that you found, was pointing to Uther. It doesn't feel right. Right, because it's not. It doesn't make any sense. Why would he do anything to hurt Iris? The only real logical thing there is that it was unintentional. But I don't think he did anything along that line. Sure, he's gifted and that he has some semblance of magic in him. Where would he have gotten the books? What books? Didn't we go through his stuff and we found weird, like, arcane? Oh, I, I, I took a moment. I did. I looked at them, but I don't remember him having anything like that. And I don't know where he would have gotten it. Right. I don't imagine you have a creepy black magic store. Not that I know of, not since the church arrived. Right. So that's odd. Where would he have gotten them from if they were his? I'm not sure, but I'm concerned. Just because everyone seems to be doing better, even Iris, I'm concerned that whatever it is might come back. And you all seem to know something about this. And he looks at you, Argus. Something about that man that you are talking about. Oh, the one of sand. Shh. Can't use your emotional manipulation on me. Wait, what? 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 Well, we love this man, but that doesn't mean he's not a bad guy that doesn't need to be trusted. I would hope you would trust me, Throdo. Pretty sure we already told him about the that one guy. Why do you want to know? Like sand. Because if it is my children that are at risk, I want to protect them. You said young, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yes, it can. It couldn't be the priest. Darn. Could be Iris. That's not what's going on here. I don't know. What's going on here? What does he hope to gain from this? A conversation and a little bit more insight on the situation. Like I said, if something is putting my children, my Iris, my Uther at risk, I need to know, what can I do? Like, if if Uther is truly innocent, then what can I do to protect him? I don't actually remember like, what the big <clears throat> thing is. I know that there's some seals and some witches... Nice. And something's going to kill everybody, but I can't remember. Oh, oh, nightmare. Nightmare sickness, right? 
Yes, that's what's killing everyone. You mean the nightmare fever? Yeah. I, like I said, I'm just, I'm concerned. Because Iris and Uther are very close, and I don't want Iris to go back to the way that she was. What do you mean? He pauses and he looks at you. Don't worry about it. Wait, is Iris not pure of heart? Is she an evil witch? No, no, no. We need to know what it is so that if we see it happening, we can stop it. Just very Warning imperative signs. for the, uh... Stop what? Any negative, no, psychological... Well, like I said, when we found Iris... Well, when they found Iris in the mines, she was alone. I mean, wouldn't that just psychologically damage any child to be in sure. the dark for so long? But you said it like it was... Like she would revert back to a very bad state. Well, no. When when Iris first arrived, it was like she was locked away. Like she didn't really have any human emotion to express. Like she wouldn't show herself. I thought that maybe whatever it was that had happened to her might have left that impression upon her. And that over time, it, it did seem to get better. And I, I guess you could say that I'm just concerned that that humanity that she's developed over the years of, of having this relationship with Uther will just fade. Why would that go away? She still is you and there's an entire town of people with feelings. Well, I mean, Uther and her are very close. So if he broke out of a prison, would he go looking to contact her? I mean, it's definitely possible, but I heard he was injured last night, at least. Died in the woods. Don't say that. (laughs) Well, I mean, at least enough that he might not show himself for a bit. How many nights has it been? Three. Where was Iris when he broke out of prison? Sick. (laughs) You were with them. With him. I mean, he's on the run here. He can't come back, but maybe we can take him with us. That way they'd be together and Sandy can choose which one he wants. As as you were walking, both Spark and Copper catch up and uh, Iris who actually ended up breaking off from you guys for a little bit. She was being dragged away by some of the children mm. who were vying for her attention. She said, oh, I'll be, I'll be back. Hold. And she gets dragged off by the kids. Amazing. So oh. you catch up. Oh. oh, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hi, Copper. Hey, 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 guys. hey Spark. Yeah, hi, Spark. Hi, Frodo. Frodo. <laughs> hi. Hi, Gavin. Hello, Copper. Hey. Just the most patient. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? I would say, well, I wish it were better. Don't we all? Aye. And he just kind of sighs. Is everything all right? Well, I mean... Except for the obvious things that are wrong. We were uh, talking about the mental detriment of uh, what's-his-face not being here to Iris and how she's going to be uh, sealed away. Oh, well, that's probably not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why <laughs> we're sealing her away. Oh. Sealed away emotionally. <laughs> We should probably, just like, to clarify, I love not, that wording. We should probably like not have her restrained because we yeah, need her. It's kind of uh, weird. Be a little weird. I mean, I was suggesting that we go find Uther since he can't come back to the village, and then that serves all the problems. Well, I wouldn't suggest going out to find him. I mean, he's wounded. What if he needs help? Right. We can smell. He could bleed to death out there. Gavin, how is he injured? Well, uh, some of the guards, when they apparently, what I heard from them is that he went into a bit of a. A rage and something happened and he blew off the side of the wall of the jail, so that's no longer usable. And uh, when they went after him, they one of them got him with one of their spears, they said. Yeah, so there'd be blood. He went into a rage? At least that's what they said. I don't believe that much, at least. Has he ever done that before? Well, not necessarily a rage, but more along the lines of angst. 
Right. Dank angst. So perhaps he saw something like those creepy tentacled Cthulhu. It's possible that they could yeah. be like mind controlling him or something. Can they do that? Well, why not? They seep into people's brains and kill them. Yeah, through dreams. That doesn't mean they can control their minds. Uh, I'm sure they could. Maybe he was sleeping. Right. Maybe he was sleep murdering people. Uh, oh my god, guys! Father. Yeah. That's why it was any under of his your bed. Victims gotten up while they were unconscious and done anything ever? No. And, and honestly, for them to say he flew into a rage, it doesn't surprise me. Most of the villagers have always hated him. They're humanist. Well, they're orcas. Oh, is that the half that they hate? Okay, that makes more sense. I think they refer to it as racism, generally. Well, what about thumbism? Yes, they they hated him because of the blood that he carries, not by his own choice. And he's never really demonstrated that he is someone that they should hate. But when he came to the village and the fever broke out, a lot of the villagers, they blamed it on him in the first place. So stupid. Uh, What? That's why Uther had to work so hard. He had to earn a lot of their respect. Most of the guards still don't like him. And they probably like him less now. Aye. He's most well-liked by the children, if you didn't understand why they always seem to really want him to go around with them. That's a good sign. That means he's not a bad person. (laughs) And he just starts to laugh a little bit. How could the bad person cry all the time? That's the real question. When he first arrived, Uther, he cried a lot. And I mean a lot. Stub his toe, he'd be crying. Aw, he's a little baby! It, he's a kid. He cried when he was happy. He would cry when he was sad. He just was very emotional. And then he just chuckles to himself again. And like you just see the smile on his face. And he looks like he's just thinking and enjoying the moment. But then his face grows solemn again. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. I don't know what it is yet. But we'll do something. And we'll make this better. Preferably, uh... Not lock away Iris. Yeah, I mean, we kind of need her. We were never going to do that. You were talking about sealing her away. (laughs) Um, Well, please, if you can do anything, if you can find a way to help Uther, that would be wonderful. We're his only family. I mean... I mean, mean, we have to take into account the psychological effects that's going to have on the priest guy and Iris. I mean, arguably, wouldn't it help both of them? I mean, if, if the village isn't already very fond of him, I mean, and he's very adept in magic and he needs protection and honing of his emotions and skills, and he wants to be with Iris, we could take both of them back to Sandy, and that would also help with all of the issues around the village, because you're worried about the nightmare fever returning, but as we presumed, it was those uh, little demony thingies that we killed. After we killed them, the nightmare fever was cured, so if they helped us combat them, that would actually... Fend off the sickness for everyone. And I could stay here with you just in case we have any more, um, like, events where they show up and then I can just kill them. Well, depending on, I mean, it it is their choice if they go with you or not and if we can even find Uther. But I will say, I don't know how I would feel if Iris was, I mean, if Uther went with her possibly, but I don't think she would do well on her own. Well, I mean, that was the whole but, point. Yeah, that's why we would take both of them. I, I'm just saying, if anything would them. happen that would separate them, I, I don't I don't know how well she would do. Right. That's why we're taking both, because I was just going to take him, because, you know, he can't come back, but now that there's a psychological effect on both of them, we might as well. As you guys are talking, you hear a trumpet sound in the background, and Father Gavin looks at you. He says, I'm sorry, I have to go. Um, we have to go perform the ceremony, and then... After that, then we will be able to revelry and all the other hubbub. Blood sacrifice? But no. Mm. 
Absolutely not. Guys are no fun. If we're doing that, we're not. We're not going to use Iris, right? No, no. All right. Even though she Why may be sealed. Why would you even say that? Well, we have her sealed away right now. Why do we have her all like that? Yeah. We'd have to unseal her to kill her. It doesn't make any well, sense. I mean, that's it's a lot easier if they're maybe, sealed than having to the catch them might. running and screaming. But then we'd maybe have this. to like get into the sealed area, and it's just like a lot of work. It's yeah, it's probably set up to kill her. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Like a flood chamber, or like. A neurotoxin heck, gas guys? is going to be released in there. Uh, so Father Gavin looks at you guys and he says, um, but again, afterwards we can join back up. However, I do have to go off and perform this ceremony with the rest of the church. Oh, okay. Have fun. So he walks off and you can see that as he goes, he kind of waves down Iris, who's walking towards him. And they start to go off in a direction towards the morning stones and into the center of the grass where you see many of the people are starting to gather around. Do you guys go up to that or what do you do? I'm keeping a very close eye on Iris. I, I walk over. I want to see should. what happens. As we all should because yeah, Uther's going to try and approach her eventually. We'll see what's going on. Okay. And kill her because if he can't have her, nobody can. As you guys are standing there, you see that there is a massive number of church members like uh, the clergy that are standing up front in vestments that are similar to what... Uh, Father Gavin is now wearing and what Iris is wearing, uh, except theirs are more gray and everyone else is wearing like different shades from wherever village they've come from or wherever they are. The elves are at the back. Uh, they are just standing there observing these ceremonies, just kind of neutral faced as they watch. But as the church begins to or as the clergy begins, they begin to recite a prayer. And you hear that all of the villagers start to recite back as death doth appear. A reflection in the stones, the solemnest tomb that enfolds those in the womb of eternal night. We pray peace in holy rite, and such with that can the song of life begin again. Amen. That was a thing. That was a thing that just happened. I feel like I was inducted into a cult, but uh, <laughs> somebody just injected the words into my head. We're in a cult. <laughs> well, this is we what the crowd was saying. I don't know if you guys joined in or not. I oh, just I don't wanted know the, the words. extra voices. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have joined in. Listen, people just repeat things that other people are saying. So that's what they say. Um, I'm mouthing the word watermelon. They finish up with the ceremony and you see that people, or at least with the prayer, and you see that people are holding all of their um, items and gifts that they're preparing to place around the stones. And you see that the clergy begins to part ways and a path is revealed towards the morning stones, which many of the villagers start to walk down and the clergy are starting to light candles and they hold them as people are walking and they start to sing a very melodic song and people begin to place their gifts around the dais and they fill up both tiers with their gifts after which they disperse from that area and they break out to the tents and the revelry begins where people are starting to sing and dance yes my boot you walk up with your boot and you find a place to put it. Do you put it on the first tier or do you put it on the second tier? The first one, because my master is the best, number one. Okay, so you put it on the bottom tier. So you put it gingerly on the tier and this well-chewed wor and worn boot that has a small like hole at the tip from you gnawing on it. You place it down in remembrance of your master and you feel your heart kind of flutter. But everyone is leaving the area around the stones. And it feels a lot warmer here as you are walking through it. And as you walk out, you just feel that cold air hit you. And the people are partying. I'm keeping an eye on Iris. Okay. 
Make sure she doesn't get kidnapped and sealed away. I did. Father Gavin looks like he's just talking with Iris and a few other clergy members. Mm -hmm. I gotta take a nap. Had a long night. Are, where are you gonna go lay I have down? No idea. <laughs> wherever seems comfortable. Okay. Uh, Spark, what are you doing? I'm just, uh, I, I wanna look around. I wanna see what's, look around this area. Okay. Are you gonna look around uh, the Morningstones region? Yeah, because I remember Jack said that there are things to be found here. Yes. Yeah, there's a giant pile of gubbins right in the middle of all the stones. Probably don't want to steal it while the people are still conscious, though. Wait till they've drunk themselves into a stupor and they're all unconscious. <laughs> don't steal my boot. So what are you doing, Threado, then? You dropped your boot off. Argus went to lay down, is napping somewhere. Probably in the grass because it's warmer. Yeah. I'm partying. Okay, you're just walking around, dooting around and dancing. Spark and Copper, I want you to roll perception checks. Not crit. Okay. I rolled a 13. The sun begins to set and you keep your eye on Iris Copper and she just kind of is walking around and suspiciously no doubt insight a three. Oh, this most suspicious thing you've ever seen indeed I thought so but she's walking around and you're just keeping your eye trained on her and she comes over and she looks at you and she says how are you doing Copper I'm doing well she raises an eyebrow at you as she sees you leering at her. I raise an eyebrow back. Have you seen Uther? No, I haven't. Have you? No, nobody seems to know where he is. Yeah. Oh, Funny, no. Funny, isn't it? Oh, all right then. Um, I'll see you. Goodbye. All right, see you around, Iris. Did you tell her? Why would you tell her? So Spark walks around the perimeter of the Morningstones region. And he just kind of explores and sniffs. As you sniff, your nose bumps into a hard piece of metal that is like buried in the ground. Ooh, what's this? I start digging. You start to dig and you, your paws uh, claw at the soft dirt and, and rip up green grass. And you see that it, it looks like a silver knife just like in the ground. That seems weird. I pick it up. And go show some uh, who's closest to me. Argus, who's laying down in the grass, would be closest to you. Argus, Argus, look what I found in the ground. Oh, oh that, that, that's wonderful. It's weird and silver and a knife. <laughs> he looks at it with indifference. <laughs> but Spark, as you were walking, you felt your paw nick against another piece of metal. Oh, what's this? I start digging that up, too. You dig, and as you dig, you... you pull up this long tubular object and it's probably about a foot long and it has like a hole at the top and a bunch of holes in this in the middle towards the end and you realize this looks like a an instrument that the humans play an and instrument. the further that you walk and as you walk around the area you start to notice that a lot of things seem to be buried in the ground why is there so much stuff on the ground please roll another perception check at advantage this time i roll perception 23 so you start to get this sensation that there is a lot of stuff here. And you see that within the brush bordering the forest, you see a glint of gold. Did you say gold? Gold. I go inspect the gold. All right. As you get a little bit closer, you realize, and it appears to be a solid gold statuette of a cat. A cat? Hmm. I inspect it. Is this why Jack liked this place? Because there's a gold cat statue here? So... The cat is kind of wrapped and entwined in some brush that is just kind of sitting there. 
and you see that there's a number of other objects kind of like doing the same thing, just kind of held in the brush. Hmm. Um, I go and tell Copper that I found gold. There's a gold cat and a bunch of stuff. Oh, a bunch of stuff. <gasps> Maybe this is the stuff that Jack was telling us about. That's what I thought. Oh, uh, Maybe Jack was trying to help us because, uh, and tell us we need to go here. I mean, was there anything nice? There's a golden cat. Oh, how big is it? It's uh, about the size of a cat. <gasps> oh my gosh, what if a cat got turned into gold? What if it's Jack? <gasps> what if Jack got turned into gold? Oh no, we gotta go save him. I, I run over to the... I, I, where is he? Where is he? We gotta go. <gasps> and start running over there. All right, so you run over there and you, uh, Spark, you lead him over? Yes. All right, Spark leads him over to the golden cat statuette. You can see that it is entwined in some brush just a little further in. A little further in where? In the brush that is the surrounding the clearing. Like they just like throw out everything after they're done with the ceremony. That'd be weird if all this stuff was just like like littering. trees like come alive and start like drawing it in. I highly doubt that happens. Um, what else is in there? Perception check. Twenty four. You see like a mirror. You see some rusted uh, items. The most valuable object, though, appears to be the cat. Oh, it looks like us. it's made of solid gold. Are you with us? Are you going to pick it up? Uh, if you wanted to pick it up? What if Jack got turned into a gold cat? We need, we might need to save him. Hmm, I, I, don't, I don't know what... Should we go show somebody one of this? I don't... I don't... It's also possible that if we pick it up, we could be cursed for all of eternity and then, like, doomed by the holies and then we could all be smote where we stand and die. Well, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but... Neither do I, so I think we should just take it. Out of game, wear cats. The statue makes you a werecat. Oh, God. What? They found silver daggers. Everyone knows you kill werewolves with silver bullets. Okay, I, I pick so they up, must I, be werecats. Right. So, so he picks up the statue, and as you reach in, you need to roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh, wild. Uh, 18. You grab this golden cat with your your claw with your mouth uh, and you pull back and as you do you see these vines kind of reach out and try and grab onto you oh no, and copper. then pull back in copper yeah I jump back yes this is still happening you feel a rumbling in the ground <laughs> no it's not a purring of a cat <laughs> <laughs> giant wear cat um okay here. you feel the ground start to rumble okay. go ahead and roll your uh, perceptions all of you start 24. to feel the ground rumble Oh. Hey, roll a five. Apparently, I don't feel anything. Nine. Ten. The sun has set at this point, and everything is only being lit by the fires of the torches that people have around. You feel this rumbling, and you turn, and and everyone kind of just stops at the door, and they turn, and they look, and they see the trees in the forest start to move. And out through the forest, you see these creatures that look like they're made of vines and and wood and bark just kind of start to march through. You see in front of you three of them, and then one of the trees stands up. I speak with the trees. (laughs) I'm going to attempt to speak with the trees. With the golden cat in your mouth. I said I dropped it. Did you? I throw it back into him. You dropped it? Yeah. Okay. When I jump back, I drop it. All right. The tree stands up, and it looks down at you with blazing eyes. Well, hello. Good good evening, sir. The tree groans as it reaches down and it picks up the golden cat statue and it pulls it back in. Not for you. Oh, okay. Gonna clarify. 
Hopefully we can uh, move past this and come to an understanding. The tree looks at you and it starts to sit back down and pulls the cat back into itself and starts to wrap its barky hands around it and envelops the cat and it just like solidifies as it sits back down. The creatures with the viney bodies start to um, back back into the forest and you can hear like the people, the villagers in the back are kind of like screaming and like a little bit of a panic. Um, But as you guys are facing this tree and you're watching this, you feel this dark and heavy sensation fill the air around you and you hear a sickening crack and suddenly the air is filled with this dark, ethereal, purplish light. Roll your perceptions once again. I've rolled a 19 three times in a row now. It's once again a 24. 19. 18. 10. Okay. Argus's focus remains on the tree, just completely enamored by the fact that this tree is moving. But all of you, your focus immediately turns to the Morning Stones, where you see Iris standing there with her hand on it and a smile on her face. She's evil! And you see the stones beginning to crack. So she framed him. Evil! She smiles and she puts her hand and holds her hand there and she seems to be focusing and the stones begin to crack and you see this large crevice like just form in it and the stones fall away and you see a sickly looking figure kind of stand up in the stones. Kill it. Is it Uther? Nope. Nope, that's a witch. That's an evil witch. That's an evil witch oh we need to God, kill. Oh my God, like it's an evil witch we the need to dark murder kill. lord. Yes, like... we need to murder them. Murder them both. Kill them now. The scrawny, white, and <laughs> oh, wrinkled body just kind of stands up from its waist and just bends in a really strange fashion. And you can see Iris just standing there smiling. And all of you, you can roll your initiatives. Okay, 16 total. 22. 8. 15. Some of the villagers begin to scream, and you can see that a few of them actually start to fire arrows at the figures. Iris raises her hands from her side, and you can see from the ground around her on the dais, four of the Dream Eaters rise up from the ground. Iris looks like she's talking with the figure who stands up, and you can see that the figure is starting to grow hair back, and who is also completely naked, uh, with saggy breasts and all. I did not need that image, Snow. (laughs) Christ. But she's standing there talking, and as these villagers are starting to fire, the woman just raises a hand immediately, and the arrows just kind of freeze in the air and fall down to the ground. How were we supposed to fight that? This is how. I got it. When's my turn? Let me know. (laughs) I got this. Screw magic. I'm just going to run at her and kill her. She has like an air wall that like... Freezes you in place. Yeah, is an air wall going to stop a two-ton bear charging at her? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so first in the order would be Throto Barkins. The villagers are firing their arrows at her, but to no avail. You see the elves kind of in the background just kind of looking a little confused. I turn towards elves and I'm like, help them! Well, they, they're far away. You can kind of see them just kind of looking um, around. You uh, are. Can I, like, go over to them and, like, plead for them if to If you help? move, that's your move action. Okay. That's Are you fine. going to take your entire move action to... Yeah. I am not equipped to handle a witch. So at the center of this field that you're in is the dais. There are four dream eaters surrounding ah. the edges. And in the center is Iris and this other woman. But again... I go for the dream eater then. And I rip so, out its throat. Okay. Or something. With my... Hold on. Okay. 
So I want to eat it. Argus, you were just kind of laying down on the grass. You're probably like closer to the people. So you're probably the furthest away. Throto. I was just kind of like. You so were in the party. There. So you'd be in the revelry okay. for the most part. You didn't really come over. So you're actually closer to all the villagers and to where the elves would be in the area. So you could go up to the elves, but that would be your turn trying to go up to different elves. But I was going to yell at all of them. But no, I'll go after the closest threat to wherever I am. The closest threat to wherever you are is probably about 100 feet away. I get closer Maybe to more the than threat. That. No, and I think more. I, I get closer to the dream eater that may or may not be doing something. I don't know. Like I move closer to try to help. Okay, so you're gonna so you take your action and you basically take a run action to get closer, which mm-hmm. would bring you up to where Argus is. Hopper, it is your turn. All right. You would be back towards where the tree line is, and alongside Spark. So you guys are closest to this dais where the dream eaters are. Gonna do a classic. Gonna turn to a bear. Can do that as a swift action. I am then <laughs> going to proceed to eat the. Um, then going to eat the ironwood seed to grow size category. So I go from being a large creature to a huge creature. Mm-hmm. I'm then going to go into barbarian rage as a free action. And then I am going to attempt to use my move action to run at her. That would provoke a tax of opportunity. This is fine. From both sides? Yep, we're good. So you're going to charge in? Yep. What would your AC be at this point? Uh, 17. So both attacks of opportunity hit. Cool. 22 damage from the first one. So the first Dream Eater takes its tentacle and it basically smacks you alongside your face and you kind of veers you off of your trajectory just for a moment, but you were able to maintain your angle. And then the second time you that you get hit, the other one comes down and it hits you on the back of your neck and you take 20 damage. Keep your semester. I'm sorry. They rolled really high on both of their rolls. Okay, I still have 13 HP in this bear form. You took your move, you ate something, and then you did took a free action. Uh, I assume eating something would have been my standard action, right? Does it in D&D? Oh, yeah, no, it would be. Because it's yeah. like pulling something out. Yep, right. that's your standard. Yeah. Okay, so, I just so you're in up closer. in her face. I'm just up in her face. By the way, while in this form, I have a reach of 15 feet. Okay. Because I'm huge. No, you don't understand. I am a 24 foot, I'm a 24 foot tall 4,000 pound bear right now. It is now Spark's turn. Spark, you were next to where Copper was. Am I close enough to use my bow? Absolutely. Okay, I I take my bow and I shoot an arrow at... I'll, I'll, I'll aim at one of the Dream Eaters. So you take aim at the Dream Eater that is closest to you that is just on the other side of... Like right next to where uh, Copper would have been. Uh, but since he's moved up, so it's like right on that opposite side of where he is. So you take your arrow and you shoot. What is your to hit? Uh, 24. It hits. Roll your damage. Uh, five. That was very bad. Uh, you can take a move action or you can end your turn. I'll stay here and use my bow. Okay. Next is Argus. Am I in range of one of the dream eaters? Yes. You could take a move action and then you could take a okay. an attack action. I'll do that. All right. So you run up to the dream eater that is on the other side of copper. And what do you do? I uh, jump up and bite it. Okay, what is your to hit? Um, 20. It hits. Roll your damage. Nine damage. You see, uh, after you take that bite, Iris looks at you. Her eyes flash. She takes her hand and she points at you. And you hear this high-pitched jingling sound like bells. You need to roll wisdom saving throw, please. 17. The sound of the bells fills your ears and it irritates you a little bit, but nothing else happens. Okay. And she looks a little frustrated and upset that nothing happened. Throto's turn again. 
Can I bite him now? You have to take an action. You have to take a move action. Yeah. So you run up to the same one that Argus is biting? Sure. Sure. Okay. So you run up to the one that Argus has bitten his teeth into and you do what? I bite it. Okay. So you latch on. Roll to hit first. Eight. It hits. Please roll your damage. Six. Okay. Wonderful. You bite down on one of the lower tentacles that's hanging down and you pull on it and you bite and you feel like that green ooze kind of slipping in your mouth, but it pulls back its tentacle and it tries to push you away, but it is unable to get you to release its tentacle. And next up is it's Copper's turn. All right. I'm going to go and use uh, my multi-tech action to bite and hit with my claw at the same time. Does a 23 hit first one? Yes. By the way, I'm attacking the witch. You're attacking the witch. Uh, Which one? You know what? Iris. She deserves to die. Okay, sure. Roll the hit. Oh, yeah. 23 for the first one, and then 24 for the second one, actually. You said 23 for the first one? Yes. Okay, it misses. Oh, 24 hits, though? Mm-hmm. 21 damage. So you swipe at her with your claws, and you see that she gets hit. You slash across her chest, and she screams, and she looks at you. Bull, you don't know what you're doing. So that is your turn. I am a bear. Spark, it is your turn. I'll shoot off another arrow. Roll to hit. I roll a 26. It hits. Roll your damage. Nine. Nice job. So your arrow flies and it finds its mark in like part of the shoulder, or at least where the shoulder would be of this dream eater, where the tentacle's attached and it thunks into it and it's lodged there. It kind of squeals in pain as that arrow lodges itself. Copper. Big bear. As their mistress screams out, the four dream eaters turn. The two that, well, the one that is being attacked by Throto and Argus turns and it uses its long tentacle to slap you. It hits. Next one. That one hits as well. Ten for the first one that hits you. Are you halving this? No. Because I'm in barbarian rage. Let me know. Another ten. So five. So ten total. Mm Mm-hmm. Two that were on the other side approach you and they kind of, they push in front of you and they block you from her. They're going to hit or try to hit. The first one misses. The second one hits. 12, so six damage. Okay. How much space do you take up? 15 feet cubic. You get knocked out of bear form. Then you're just a big dog. I'm just a really big dog. Um, so you are knocked out of bear form. Uh, Iris kind of smiles and she says, you really don't know what you're doing. You exist because of us. I didn't ask to exist this way. I also didn't ask you to kill, like, thousands if not thousands of people. You have so much less now. She looks at you. She smiles. She'll take a disengage action and back up from you to the um, edge of the dais on the opposite side. Uh, You see that the one woman is actually kind of leaning down. She seems to be muttering something. But she sees you and she also takes a step back. But Iris... Continues to smile as she looks at you. And please roll a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 20 total. You feel this sensation of trust and allure kind of just try to cloud your mind, but you push back against it. And she frowns and shakes her head. Next up, it is our guest. Hi. Hi. Is is the um, thing still in front of me? Yes. All right. You had your teeth in it a moment ago. All right. I will jump up and... Bite at it again. All right, roll the hit. Um, 26. It hits. 15 on the second. It misses. Okay. 
eight damage. Yeah, Throto, it's your turn. Oh, start gnawing more to do okay, more roll the hit. damage. So you chomp down a little bit harder trying to do more damage to this one tentacle that you've already kind of pierced through. <laughs> what was your to hit? Five? It misses. How? You bite down, but you have already realized that you pierced through it completely. And this tentacle no longer Ooh. has anywhere to bite down onto. Okay. You can take a movement if you would like, or you can end your turn there and just wait for the next round. Yeah. Next up is Copper. Am I still under the effects of the uh, seed? Is anyone else close to Iris? Anyone of my teammates? No. They are on the outer dais, which the largest dais is about 20 feet in to the second dais, which you are up on. Duration is concentration, up to one minute, so you need to roll a concentration check. What's the DC to pass for that? It's always 10. Oh, it's always 10? Always 10, unless it's otherwise specified, like with your collars. Do I add anything to the concentration? Your constitution. constitution. Okay, uh, I pass with 14. Uh, I turn into a uh, giant octopus. Okay. Um, and then I use my tentacle attack, which has reach. Uh-huh, what's the reach? Uh, 15 feet. Not far enough. Not right. How, well, you didn't tell me how far away she moved. She moved to the other end of the dais, which is 30 feet. You are at the front edge of the dais because your reach was 15 feet and you were bragging about this. So she, you said she moved 30 feet away? She moved 30 feet. I'm just going to go and hit the two individuals in front of me then. 20 to hit, uh, 18 to hit. The two individuals that are in front of you? Well, yes, because you said there were two. Yes, both hit. Okay. 19 damage on the first one. 21 damage on the second one. Um, and both of them have to, well, can if they choose to, roll a, to escape because when my tentacles hit them, it grapples them as well. It's a DC 16 to escape my grapple, but that's increased by plus four, so it's a DC 20 because I'm a huge creature. Huh. They are unable to move. Neither can you then. Sure. Next up, it is Spark. I shoot another arrow. All right. Roll to hit. Ted. It misses. Your arrow goes wide, and it actually lands um, just in front of Copper's nose. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> octopus for, uh, it's okay. So the two that you have grappled are going to basically backhand you with okay. their tentacles. Well, t- back tentacle Oh my gosh, you? tentacle battle. You, you got tentacled. The ultimate form of hentai. Um, <laughs> so the first one definitely hits. Okay, cool. When does your barbarian rage end? That's what I'm looking at right now. Rage lasts for one minute. Is that per day? Uh, I can do it twice per day. Twelve, not halved. For both of them? For so. one of them, because only one of them oh, hit. okay. The okay. one that tried to backhand you, tried to squeeze out a, te- or like move out a tentacle of its own, but it couldn't. And the other one ended up just grazing your head, but still did a little bit of damage to you. Okay. Uh, The one that Throto and Argus are attacking, that one is going to hit, try and hit you. Oh, no, it doesn't. Um... It actually tries to take the tentacle that Throto had basically torn off the end of, and it tries to hit her, but it misses because it doesn't realize that end is not there. Mm. And it kind of just flails that arm for no reason. So do I just kind of go like this? Am I still No, attached? no, no. You ripped it off. Oh, It's cool. ripped off. You tore it off when it I did that. Do I have it like dangling in my mouth then? Yep. Yep. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So uh, also, Copper, the one that... Spark has been shooting at is going to try and hit you from behind. How dare it? It hits. So six again, but this one's halved already. I already halved it for you. Thank you. How much HP do you have as an octopus? Um, Remaining? Yeah. 40. Okay. An arrow whizzes by you, Hopper. Okay. But it doesn't appear to be an arrow that 
spark fired or any of the villagers, it actually... Roll perception really quick. Ooh. 23. It looks like an elvish arrow. Ooh. The elves. The hobbits are coming from us. Throdo. Yeah. An arrow thunks behind you as well. Ooh. That, that's bad. Run, you fools. That's about it. <laughs> they, they kind of missed. Very cinematic. Their target. Um, Frodo. I turn to them it is and your I turn. yell, Run, you fools. I think she's been waiting for that one forever. So, Throdo, at the top of the round, or at your turn, you <laughs> look up and you see that this, the witch, the one that was brought out from the stones, starts to stand up. And you see this purplish colored portal start to kind of appear in front of her as she stands up. Oh, it is your turn. I throw my glowing frisbee at her face. Roll the hit. You know, Wilson. Yeah. I'm trying to think that maybe we wanted her to be sealed away. Yeah. I, I think sealing her with the other witches would have been a probably yeah. a better idea. <laughs> no wonder they wanted to. 11. Yeah, I, I definitely see. Your frisbee, as you throw it, flashes blue, red, green, and it goes wide and it arches back around and comes back to your mouth. Does it hurt? You catch it. Oh, okay. Without issue. Like a good girl. <sighs> Copper, it is your turn. Okay. Um. So This so- portal has appeared in front of you. Oh. It's kind of obscuring your view of the two women. I stick one of my tentacles in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you use your reach. There's a limit, like in a different form. What what happens? Like grow back. Your hand, your tentacle passes through it. Oh, so I'm able to go through it. It doesn't like phase me into a different plane of existence or anything. Your tentacle passes through it. Okay. Um. So something fun I found out about grappling is if you have a creature grappled, you can forcefully move them wherever you wish. Uh huh. So I'm going to move the two things I grappled last time out of my way and charge at the witch. Okay. You charge straight into the portal. Yeah. What? You said I could go through it. The words go through. I thought that I was not able to go through the portal when I did that. My character would not charge through something if he knew it would potentially be endangering him. Okay. Then don't charge through it. Then I would just kill the two. Cover's going to take his turn. He's going to go and um, crush uh, or attempt to at least crush the two things in his hands or tentacles. I guess they'd be Uh, 23 to hit and a 19 to hit. For crushing the uh, spooky they both hit. Monsters. Okay. Roll your damage. 19, 17. On the two that I'm grabbing. You squeeze down onto them, and a little bit of blood spurts out of their mouth, but they still maintain their form. Where are uh, all of the other dogs in retrospect to me? Throto and Argus are on your right side, currently fighting a Dream Eater, and all the way back behind you to your left at a diagonal is Spark, who is firing away at the Dream Eater that has been slapping your butt. Okay, wonderful. Oh, we'll just keep it like this then. Okay, Spark, it is your turn. So I continue firing arrows. All right, roll the hit. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Doesn't have anything complicated in the kit. (laughs) I'm a simple dog. I rolled a 16. Wonderful, it hits. Yay. Roll damage. I rolled a 7. Nice. Steadily, he fires away these arrows and just another one thunks into this dream eater's body. And it it looks very irritated if if that even can do that. It just kind of bulges with those pulsating veins. Copper, three of them are going to try and hit you. Yep. So the one behind you, the two that you are holding are going to try and hit you. Right. 
All three of them miss. Oh, well, Congratulations, your slimy, slippery body is just too... It's undulating in unholy manners. and is Holy undulations, and they just bounce off without doing any damage. <laughs> Congratulations. But they start to back up towards the portal. Which ones? The two... Oh, I'm sorry. There's, there's the more one, than one? The one that uh, hits you on the butt starts to kind of they move. They to walk around me. You would have to take a disengage action, yes, but you're also grappling. How does that work? How many attacks of opportunity are you allowed, especially if you're grappling something already as an octopus? Uh, well, I have eight arms. I'm not going to say that I have eight. I'm an octopus. Um, but I would assume I would still have my regular number of attacks of opportunity. Okay, that's fine. Are you grappling with all of your arms? No, just one tentacle per thing. They're rather large. You also have to imagine this is now a two-ton octopus. It's a big one. The big one. Roll a concentration check, by the way. Yeah. You have to do that every round. Uh, 19. The one that was next to you on the left side starts to move back and away from where Spark was shooting him, and Spark is going to have to move up next round to even hit. Iris kind of looks at you all, and she smiles, and she says, Again, you don't know everything. He's not telling you everything. Uh, and correction, you know nothing. I'm omnipotent. <laughs> but as she says that, you hear a familiar voice kind of call out, Iris, wait. And Uther kind of just comes stumbling in from behind everybody, just making his way down. Save her, Uther. Save her way downtown, walking slow. I got a hole in my side. Bring her Roll back from here. the dark side. <laughs> it's too late. She's too far gone. And he approaches, kind of hobbles his way up to the dais, and he leans on it. Wait, Iris. And she looks at him and kind of like stops for a moment as the other woman starts to get up and she goes through and she looks at her. Come, sister, we must leave. Don't do it. Don't go in that portal. Iris reaches out her hand and she says, come, Uther, come with us. Uther, don't go the creep. You're all idiots and deserve to die. Uther just looks at her and he looks at everybody around. Um, there's a lot of villagers who are just like run, like the whole camp is almost empty. Uh, you see the elves are there firing arrows, but to no avail. Apparently, they really suck at being elves. He looks at her and he says, Iris, why? Uther, come with me, please. You have so much to learn. Come with me. He looks at her and he looks back at all of you. Do it. We'll get her back, but don't go with her. You just said do it. I said don't do it. Oh, I heard the words do it at the end. Maybe you should. <laughs> or he goes, what? no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Uther looks at all of you and he looks back and he sees Father Gavin kind of looking on who Aww. looks very like terrified and also just upset about the situation. I, I can't. And she looks very like her face just goes from like this gentle smile to a blank stare. And it's the coldest thing you have ever seen. I just got chills. She turns and she looks at Copper through the obscuring portal since... Oh, no, she can't see me then. Yeah, she can't see you. She turns and she looks in that direction and she steps through the portal, which immediately closes. The dream eaters that you are holding remain screaming and screeching in your arms. The one <coughs> behind you stops and just kind of like looks around. There's no portal there anymore. I shoot an arrow at it. <laughs> The arrow thunks into the back of the Dream Eater as it's kind of looking longingly to where the portal was, and it just bursts in a puff of smoke, and it disappears. There are now... I killed it, guys. There are three left. I have two of them in my hand. 
All right. Pentacles. I pick them up mm-hmm. and I crush them against the ground. They disappear in a puff of smoke. Okay, good. Just making sure. Argus, throw it out. All right. Very upset. I'm still trying to... With her little last bite. And she nips it. Why does it have to sound like that? It can't be like... (laughs) You know what? That's much better. We're going to keep that. We're going to keep that. You nip it. And the Dream Eater just looks at you and it disappears in a puff of smoke. Uther's kind of standing, like barely standing. You can see that he's like holding his side. He looks a little worn down, like he's been tracking you guys, for, like following you guys, like at a distance for days, like are by himself. Of, are in we the out forest. of combat now? You are out of combat. I cast healing spirit and make it go around anyone who's injured after reverting back to dog form. I, I rush over to Uther. Are you you okay? You know, I just realized I didn't have you guys roll any concentration checks, but I'm assuming you all went to dog form in combat. We'll oh, just say uh, that yeah, dog absolutely. form is. I, I thought I was in dog form. So. Okay. I was in octopus form and bear form. We all know, Quentin. I'm a druid wizard paladin. <laughs> druid wizard paladin witch. I never claimed to be a witch. Apparently, that's a bad thing. Oh, God. You can be a freaking sorcerer. Then she talked about her own holy witch. powers. Yeah, anyway, she didn't talk about her own holy powers. So you go up today. to Uther, who is kind of, uh, he's standing up more upright as the healing spirit yeah. goes around and he feels five HP. It looks a little better. Um, the bleeding in his side did is stopped, but I mean, emotionally, I mean, clearly he's dying. <laughs> Or something. You emotionally go up to him. No, no. I asked how he was doing. Like, if he was okay. The love of his That's life That's called turned, an insight check. The love of his life just turned evil and turns out that she's secretly been killing people for four years. I mean, she might years. have always been evil if she's been secretly killing people for four I, years. So what you can see is you can see that his face is contorted in a way that looks like he's in pain. But... Doggy hugs? <laughs> he... You can't really tell what he's feeling. Without rolling an insight check. Doggy hugs. Okay, so you go up and you sit next to him. Father Gavin approaches and he looks at Uther and he's like, looks like you've been through a lot, son. The day, it's dark. The day has come to an end and pretty much everyone has abandoned the area and you guys end up having to return to Karn. It takes you three days without all the wagons and carriages since there's really nobody there to take them. By the time you guys get back, you hear the familiar hum and the scent of fish catches your noses again, just outside of Karn Village. Oh my gosh, guys, Bones, Bones might be here. I mean, he's a little early, but uh, I'll, I'll take it at this point. No, it's been two weeks. <laughs> it's been I two weeks. I guess to return, yeah. It took three days for it to get back, That's, and you're yeah, mostly on foot. Yeah, okay, all right. Okay. Father Gavin looks at you guys, Uther, and he stops short, like probably about 10 minutes before you guys get back to the village. He says... You can't go back. He looks at Father Gavin. I know. Come with us. I guess I will have to take you up on that offer then. I have nowhere else to go, so lead onwards. Not that bad. Jeez. You'll have fun. It'll be great. Don't you worry. We will find Iris. We'll make her good. Everything's going to be great. Yeah, as long as you don't have issues with doors. We all have issues with doors. We all have issues with doors. You guys start walking off talking about doors, and you make it to the portal. (laughs) Yeah. Bones. 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 Bones is standing outside the portal leaning against a tree, like just looking at a nail and digging at it. Bones. What? 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 Bones. what? We, we got our guy. Well, we got a guy. We got a guy. But I think he's our guy. All right. Well, come on. We oh, by go. the way, there was an evil witch that was freed from a seal, uh, resurrected a bunch of evil spirits, um, and they kind of escaped into a mystical portal. L- like I said, with a person 
That's important. We have to go. Oh, like I oh, said. Okay. Oh, everyone quick. Into the portal. And you guys stepped through the portal, which, as Sandy said, he hoped would be for the last time. But it seems dun, 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 dun. that it's not the last time. And so it seems like next time we'll have to see you guys in the next season of Odd Doggies. Yay! Yay. You guys finished it. Congratulations. We made it. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Odd Doggies Part 2. We hope to see you again next time, and we will be back with Sword Art Online next week. So again, thank you so much, everyone. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also consider joining us in our Discord, where you can hang out with us, chat, and do a myriad of other things. So thanks, guys, so much for listening. And take it away, Justin. Hey, I'm Justin. I'm from Gaming Arena. I'm very glad to be a part of this once again. Um, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me at litgamingarena.com or litlga.gg. Um, we are now, I by the time this is airing, we should be in the middle of season two because that's starting now. So that's awesome stuff. I'm very looking, I'm looking very much forward to the new format for season two. So hopefully you guys will too. All right. Thanks guys. See you next week. Bye. 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 Join our adventurers as they discover how strange portals alter Revelheim. Do you hear that, Amesley? Our Lord Paylor blesses us. I didn't realize you worshipped a salesman. Actually, Marion, I'm pretty sure this is a dad. Rolling on fate is an actual play D&D podcast. D&D? I love dead caps and dish rags. No truth. What's a podcast? It is an interdimensional sonic communication feed, Vanilla. Very simple. Nortrude, are you indicating that we're in trouble? <laughs> Bellius, did you hear that? I actually had a good one. Bellius. You can find Rolling on Fate every other Wednesday wherever you download podcasts. You mean podcasts. Taylor! A- anyone! I can't see! I I think I'm stuck in one of those podcasts. Rolling on Fate. Come see where the dice take us.